Entrepreneurs, we have an incredible show ahead today. And if you are in or have interest in the world of tech, writing, and or music, this is the show for you. And we have an awesome spotlight story ahead to feature the Garfield cartoonist, Jim Davis. Today, we are welcoming the co-founder and COO of Written Word Media, a media company focused on connecting readers with the next-gen read and providing the premier ad platform for authors and publishers, where it was awesome to find out they served over 35,000 authors already. So cool. And they describe it as an online matching service for authors and readers and is nearing 10 years in business. So major congratulations do there. And obviously, if you enjoy this show, be sure to check out my YouTube series, Writing with Authors. I think you'll find a lot of value there. Maybe a sneak peek with today's guest as well. But Farrell loves tech and spent his career building it. Everything from medical stimulators, fake bodies for practicing surgery, to web and mobile-based products for musician. He does it all, and we will discuss his experience and areas such as Photoshop, written code, managed agile teams, tackled gnarly UX and UI issues, HR issues, crafted strategic vision, and everything in between. A real well-rounded episode for you entrepreneurs today to grow and add tools to your toolbox. I'm excited for this, Farrell. What does entrepreneurship mean to you? Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me. This is great. Uh, it's always fun to talk shop uh, about this stuff. This is sort of what I live and breathe, so it's fun to talk about. Uh, when, when I think about what it means to me, it's actually pretty simple. It's freedom, right? And, and so for me, being free to treat your customers the way you want, treat your people the way you want, support the causes you want, wrap business around your family the way, the way you want, not have a boss, not have people to answer to. For, for me, that's the driving factor is, is, is freedom to operate in the world the way you want. Uh, and there's a ton of other benefits. I'm sure we'll get into it. But, but if you ask for, you know, what does it mean to me singularly, it's freedom's the word. And I agree with that where, to me, everybody defines success differently. It, it is being able to dictate my day, my week, my month, how I'm spending it, whether it's working the 80 hours instead of 40, or it's doing everything in between. As an entrepreneurship, we'll touch on a lot, including how most things don't go right the first time. You have to find resilience to keep going. Farrell's going to share all of that in between. This segment is sponsored by Bedrock Business Builders, a small business startup specialist. Start, build, manage. Thanks for kicking us off. And everyone listening on, welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show. I am excited to launch another episode with you today. Another experienced entrepreneur coming on the show, as I said, nearly 10 years in business. And this isn't his only entrepreneurial endeavor that he's been involved in as well. We're going to get right with it, though. To help out everyone listening on, please share what you find two of the most challenging areas of an entrepreneur to be. Yeah, I think. Um, so first of all, just saying there's only two hard parts. There's lots of hard parts. Yes. <laughs> right. So but uh, I think. You know, trying to boil it down, something that's that's productive, the extremes, right? So being an entrepreneur, the highs are higher, right? and the lows are really low, right? So everything is amplified. And when you when you're working for somebody, you're working at a company, and a project goes really well, it's great, you feel good on the drive home, whatever. Um, but when it's yours, right? When you're the entrepreneur, the highs are extremely high. And then on the flip side, when something goes wrong, the lows are even lower, right? Because it's all you. Right. You're, you're responsible for everything. So if 
somebody did something wrong that works for you, well, you didn't train them right, right? Or you, you didn't put them in the right seat or you didn't do this right. And so, so the lows can be low. And then, you know, my wife and I run the business together. It's a family business. So for that, it's even more amplified, right? Because if something goes wrong at work, we go home and like we both had a bad day, right? So it's double whammy. But, you know, at the same side, if something went right, like, man, is it good, <laughs> right? And so I think the difficulty of being an entrepreneur, you got to be able to withstand sort of have extremes tolerance, right? You got to be able to tolerate really high highs and really low lows, not have that sort of knock you off your horse. Um, I think, I think the second part, and, and, you know, this is a little bit, a lot of people say this, but it depends on what kind of business you're running, but maybe you have a patent that's valuable. You have some equipment or, or real estate, but in almost every business, your key asset is people, right? And so people are messy. <laughs> they have families, <laughs> they've got pets, uh, they have their own lives outside of work and that, that lives are not clean, right? Like my life's a mess, your life's a mess. Like that's just the way it works. Yeah. Um, and if you fight that, uh, you're going to, you're going to be swimming upstream all the time, right? So you have to, you have to get in this mess of people that are working for you and, and you have to make harmony out of it. And you have to make sure that it doesn't get you down and that, and that the people that are depending on you and that work for you, that, that the business that you're running and the way that you're running it supports their mess, right? And so everything that's going on for them, uh, work is maybe for some people, it's an escape, right? Maybe for some people, it needs to be more involved with their family or whatever. And so as a leader and as an entrepreneur, it's your job to figure out all these messy pieces and make sure that people that are working for you, uh, that, that the business works for their life. And that's, um, it's extremely difficult, but when you get it right, uh, it's very, very rewarding. The highs and the lows, it is it resonate with people that, like my family, for example, when I talk about work, because it's never just a smooth sailing. This yeah. week is this. And the lows are, especially in the beginning when you're not accustomed to maybe such severe drops. It's tough. It takes a mental toll on you as well. And you have to find ways to keep going, connecting with other individuals. And that's one thing I'm grateful for with this show. It's something that for me, at least one of my favorite things I get out of it is I learn so much from each guest. I learn new tips and tools to find ways to succeed because sometimes you need to find ways to pivot, you need to find ways to shift. I was just talking with him before the show about ways I'm trying to make this show stay fresh and grow. This week, we have the Spotlight Story, first episode with it, moving up quite a bit. But before that, we're going to ask our guest how he got into entrepreneurship. And I'm going to say we're connected on LinkedIn. He's got an experienced resume from product development directors, VP of product, multimedia developers. What finally led it to this? Yeah, so um, entrepreneurship's in my family. My, my dad was an entrepreneur. I have some cousins that run their own business. And so, you know, if I'm being super honest, I always sort of thought that was my path. Um, I started my first business when I was 15, you know, lawn mowing, right? I had a bunch of lawn, me and a friend mowed people's lawns, pretty low tech, um, but I loved it, you know? And then I did some web design stuff kind of on the side when I had my first job. And, um, and so, you know, for me, it was always kind of, that was the, that was the path. I always kind of knew, I just didn't know what or when, right? And, and then, uh, you know, my wife and I, when we met, she, she has the same thing, it's family history of entrepreneurship, and we wanted to do it together. Right. And so back to that, that freedom we talked about at the beginning of the show. Right. We wanted to be able to wrap work around our family and not the other way around. Right. And, and so we could only do that if we started our own company. And so we'd always kind of we talked about that. 
And uh, my wife, um, when we had small kids, she, she went to being a consultant. So she's doing online marketing consulting. Uh, and her mother, my mother-in-law wrote this piece of religious fiction. And we tried to help her promote it. Like we're young, like tech enabled people, right? We're trying to help her figure out how to sell, couldn't sell a book. <laughs> and so uh, we're like, oh, this is hard. And so we built this little website, you know, nights and weekends kind of stuff uh, that promoted free books. And we put her book in there to try to give it some juice. Um, and all this time I'm, I'm working at a, at a technology company in the music space called Reverb. And uh, we're living, you know, mostly on my salary and we're on a health insurance, but my wife is continuing to pick up clients and uh, this little business um, that sort of gives away free books. She's running Facebook ads at it. The audience starts to grow. Uh, and then one day an author, you know, writes in and says, hey, can I pay you to be on the website? And when that happens, you say yes, <laughs> right? Entrepreneurship 101. And so we said yes, and we figured out how to fulfill it and get the book on the website and all that stuff. And then, um, you know, I wasn't that involved for a little while. And my wife was, was growing the business sort of on the side of her consulting business. And then, uh, you know, we would kind of compare notes at the end of the year, uh, sort of like how, you know, where my salary was at the time and, and kind of what her consulting revenue and the revenue from this little business was. Uh, and then one year, you know, she beats me, right. And we kind of had, we shared this moment. We look at each other and we're like, wow, this is like, this is a thing. And, uh, you know, I quit my job six months later and, uh, we reincorporated the company as written word media. And, uh, here we are. An incredible company. I looked all into it. And for me as a writer and an entrepreneur, it kind of double dips for me. So I'm excited really to have you on the show. Is there anything else you want to talk? Let's talk more about your current business. Let's let the listeners know everything they need to know. Sure. Yeah. So written word media exists to serve authors, right? We exist, uh, for the people that write books, that tell stories, the creative class, right? Everything we do is to serve them, make their lives better, spread creativity throughout the world, right? That's our, that's our like ethos. Uh, the way we do that is through a very effective ad product that we've developed where authors uh, pay us a small fee, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. It's all self-service. They don't have to talk to anybody. And we run a targeted ad for them to our reader audience. We have about a million readers on our reader audience. So the ads really work. They, they sell books when authors run them with us. Uh, and we have some we built some proprietary technology that handles targeting. So when you, uh, if you're a writer who's writing a mystery book uh, and you run an ad with us, your book will go only to people who like mystery and who Love read that. in the format that, that you want. So a lot of people read on their Kindle. So if, you're, uh, if you like horror and you only read on your Kindle, as a reader, you'll only get horror books that are available on Amazon, right? And so it's very targeted. It works very well. Uh, we've been very fortunate to work with, you know, a ton of authors and help them grow their careers. Um, and that's how the business works. And, um, you know, it's grown a lot uh, over the last probably three or four years, especially. Well, I'm excited to chat with you after the show, find out how I can start trying your service out. I think I'd have a lot of value, a lot of success with it, judging by what you said and what I've looked into. So thank you for solidifying that. And now we're going to jump right into this spotlight story. And then after, of course, we're going to learn his greatest lesson learned and which entrepreneur he would sit down with to pick their brain. And as we have someone in the writing world today on the show, I think it's a great show to introduce the journey of Jim Davis, who many recognize as the Garfield cartoonist, and this is an article from the LA Times, talking about how the Garfield creator draws on experience in managing the fat cat's empire, and certainly an empire show's been going on for years, reruns, you name it, keeping, and this is written in 2001, so a little past dated, but the story is the same. 
Keeping a 23-year-old comic strip fresh is a considerable challenge. But Jim Davis, the creator, says he and his fat cat have a strategy for success. Davis, 55 at the time of this article, believes that innovation, hard work, and savvy decision-making are key to assuring that Garfield will be around for many years. He continually searches for ways to improve his strip and maintains a disciplined work schedule to assure that the crisis de jour and product is properly handled. It feels as if I'm getting, just getting started, he said. I want to make the gags fresh and even sharper. There is always something to shoot, and I agree with that very much. There's always a new goal. Everything I accomplish, every book or podcast or whatever, you name it, it always just unlocks a new door, as I say. Davis is not a, just a comic strip creator, but also the head of Pause Inc., which employs more than 60 people near Muncie, Indianapolis. A self-proclaimed chronic, chronic doodler, excuse me, Davis first turned to cartooning when, as a child, he was bedridden with severe asthma. He said the pastime helped him through hours of solitude. What are your takeaways here? Yeah, so you know, when I read the article before the show, I was fascinated, right? I mean, it, you know, you don't Garfield, you don't think of it, right? When you read yeah. the comic, you're like, oh, this is this is funny, this is cute, like, um, but the 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 grit and the work that went into creating it and keeping it relevant, I thought was really interesting. I, I think the thing that struck me the most uh, was iteration, right? He talks about that a few a few places in the article where, you know, it's not that he just goes into a room and a perfect strip comes out. Like he works on it, he reads constantly, right? He's always thinking about ways to make it better. And I think that's so valuable for any entrepreneur, especially in the creative space, or really even anybody trying to get into the creative space, because there's this misconception that creativity kind of is just happens, right? Like, oh, if you're a creative person, you just sit down and bang, something comes out. And like, that's not true at all, right? It's hard work. And uh, I think the article really reflected how hard it was and how dedicated he is to his craft. And, and I thought it was just extremely impressive. Yeah, I love the article for those reasons. And he just explains like the brand can't stay the same. You have to find ways to keep growing and uh, such an inspiring story because of the longevity of it. Think of things like The Simpsons, Garfield. It's been around for so long. You know, TV shows, comics. I think there's even a movie about Garfield for kids. So inspiration to keep going. You never know what the chapter is going to be in your journey. But now we're going back to Vernon here. Mr. Vernon, what is one of your greatest lessons learned in entrepreneurship? Yeah, so... I think any great entrepreneur would say they've learned a lot, right? Because if you don't learn, then it's hard to stay in this business. Um, and so there's a lot of lessons to choose from here. So just picking one, I think, you know, is, is tough. But I think that maybe the biggest one, maybe there's some recency bias here, but it, it's hard, right? Every day is hard. And, and I think, you know, entrepreneurs were mostly goal-oriented people, right? So we're always charging towards the next milestone. And we tend to overweight what happens when we hit it. Right. So, so like that, that first million dollars in revenue, right. If we could just get there, then everything will kind of smooth out, right. That key hire, if we can just fill this position or if we can just launch that product, then X, Y, Z. Right. And it's a total fallacy. Uh, there's, there's more hard with each success. So every time you hit one of those milestones, there's new hard, it's different hard. It might be a hard that you choose or you want, but it's still there. Right. And if you, if you fight against that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel demoralizing, 
right? Because you're going to be waiting for something that's never going to happen. And so what you have to do is you have to at least, you know, what I've learned and what works for me is you make peace with the hard, right? You understand it. Uh, you don't fight it. And so, you know, I'll give you an example for me. Uh, it's like, I'm not necessarily a morning person, um, but, you know, I'm raising a small family and I'm running a business and like, I don't have time to work out during the day. Right. And if I keep waiting, like, you know, if we just do this, then I'll have time. Right. If we just, then, I'll, then I won't be so tired and it just doesn't happen. So, you know, so it's hard. So I have to get up at five 30 in the morning and I go and I work out and I listen to podcasts, right. Like this one. And, uh, and that's my time and I, I've made peace with it and it's a, it's a peaceful, quiet time. And now I look forward to it. Right. And so you have to build these things into your life, assuming it's going to be hard. Um, and you can't be waiting for that next vacation or waiting for that next business milestone because, uh, the hard's always waiting for you when you get back. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a quote, I think from this old movie and, you know, I, I try not to do sports analogies, but it is a sports movie. Oh, please bring them on. Yeah, absolutely. It's a football movie. I think I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, he says the hard is good. The hard makes it good. Right. So I was talking about football and so it's like, oh, it's so hard. I don't want to do like, the hard makes it good. And, and you have to believe that. Right. And you have to like it and you have to be like, geez, I have no idea how I'm going to do this today. Right. Like, or I have no idea how we're going to do that two weeks from now, but I know we can. Right. And you have to not only get yourself there, but then you've got to get your whole team there. And it's fun and it's super hard, <laughs> but like you got to get a kick out of it and it can't be scary. Um, and I think that's probably the thing I've learned that's made the, the, both the journey and the success a, a little bit easier is not waiting for it to be easy. Right. Just accepting that it's going to be hard. I appreciate such a thorough answer. And there's no perfect time. You hear that all the time. And it's really true. I can't even believe how far the show has progressed. I think the first episode was November 2019. And then now here we are, fast forward to grabbing incredible entrepreneurs still. So hopefully I can keep it going much longer. And my goal, my main goal for the show left is to interview a founder in all 50 states. Oh, that's and, cool. Um, obviously, being from New York and living in Florida for 10 years or so, those are my big markets in the big states like Texas, then grabbing other states, North Carolina. Um, yeah. We're working because there are great entrepreneurs in every state and we just have to find ways to share their story. But before we sign off, let's now learn which entrepreneur is your choice to sit down with and learn from. Yeah. So this is a tough one. Uh, right. So, so, the, 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 the honest answer is my father, right? He, he was a mentor of mine, entrepreneur. He ran a hotel business. He's no longer with us. So if I could sit down with him, that, that would obviously be first, but I don't think that's not the thrust of the question. It's, it's like, let's, let's find something that everybody knows. That could and, be and, definitely the answer for sure, but who else? Yeah, you got? But I think, um, you know, we exist as a company and really what I've done with my career is supporting creativity, right? And that's something that I find just incredibly interesting and inspiring. And so you think about who are these real innovators in creativity and business and technology and, you know, all deeply flawed human beings, right? But, but brilliant minds. And I think it's Walt Disney for me. I think that the vision he had for creating, you know, animated stories, building a theme park, uh, weaving it all together, the empire that he created, uh, just fascinating. I, I think having a conversation with him would just be, would be really a treat. They have their own zip code out in Disney, which is even crazier. Um, hey. Let's delve deeper. Where would this interview go down if you had the ability to choose the place? 
Yeah. So I think, you know, your options are like you can do it in the park, right? You could do it like uh, at a Hollywood premiere for a movie. But I think for me, the most interesting place would be that writer's room, right? Where the animators and the writers are collaborating, trying to figure out what's next. Uh, sitting down, having a coffee with Walt back there. I think that would be that would be pretty cool. Love it. Now tell everybody where they can find you, find your company, all things. Yes, to, uh, to learn more about Written Word Media and, and everything books and promoting books, uh, you go to writtenwordmedia.com. Uh, and that's our website for the business. For me, it's linkedin.com slash in slash feral. And I try to funnel all of my social channels to, to the LinkedIn page. Thank you for sharing that. Everyone be sure to check out all those great content. Thank you so much for what you brought to the show today. I had a great time learning all about your company and all things in your entrepreneurial journey. I am at Vincent A. Lancy on YouTube and all social media. And my website is vincentalancy.com. You can learn more about the show at That Entrepreneur Show on all social media. Although I am trying to condense it, I think I haven't decided yet if we're going to one page, but we'll see. Thank you for tuning in to another show. And we will see you again next Friday on That Entrepreneur Show. Talk soon, Farrell. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.